0: What a great day it is today, a great moment in this church's service, in this church's present, and in this church's future. What a blessing. I believe that leadership in the church is servant leadership. As we continue this series of what I believe and why, today is an ideal time as we have called five additional men to serve as deacons in this congregation to lead our ministry What a great time to be reminded that we believe that leadership in the church is servant leadership. In fact, the word deacon is a transliteration of the word that means servant. Sometimes it's translated servant, sometimes it's translated minister. Someone at some point decided it would be a great idea to create a new word straight from the original language. And that term deacon was born. And it is such a wonderful blessing to serve with such great leaders who are servant leaders in this church family. The passages we looked at from Philippians 1 and 1 Timothy 3 and Acts 6 remind us of this great work. And how integral it is to the work and ministry and service of the church. We are blessed with such great Leaders, We are blessed with six wonderful shepherds and their wives who give constantly, day after day, to serve and to lead and to shepherd and to help this church. We're blessed, I'm personally blessed, to work with such a great staff of co-ministers and other staff that provide the nuts and bolts and the daily work that it takes to not just maintain this church life, but to help it to thrive and to grow. Even in 2020, (laughs) to serve the Lord and to serve others in every way that we possibly can. And what a great blessing now to see these men added to our list of deacons. Now 18 families, men who have answered that call with such wonderful servant-supportive wives and children. It's just such a great blessing to be a part of this church at this moment, at this time. I believe that leadership in the church is servant leadership. And so as we call these men today into this special service of the church, we remind ourselves that for each of us, one of our primary functions is to serve. We are called to serve just like these men that we've announced today are called to serve in a little bit different uh, way because we look to them to provide us leadership in our various ministries as we serve, being called by the Holy Spirit, by the elders, and by this church family to lead us as we do the Lord's work here in this place and throughout the world. And it is answering the call to serve. Not just the elders, not just the deacons, not just ministers, but we are all called to be servants. One of our primary functions is to serve. And so this morning as we celebrate and thank God for the way he has provided for us and for the work that he has for us to do, As we seek his blessing and his guidance, we remind ourselves today that we are all called to serve. That Jesus has called us, that scripture has called us to be servants. And so a few reminders and some scriptures that you're very familiar with, perhaps we'll turn to one or two. First of all, the ones who are great are the ones who serve. That's not how the world sees it. The world sees it that the ones who are great are the ones who have servants. The ones who are great are the ones who are served by others. Jesus turns that around and says, not so with you. The ones who are great are actually the ones who serve. That great passage in Matthew chapter 20 where the disciples come to Jesus with their mother and they say, we want to be at your right and at your left. We want the primo spots when you come in your kingdom. And all the other disciples are mad and I think it's because they, they got to him first. <laughs> but Jesus sits them down and he says, look, that's, that's how the world does it. That's not how we do it. That's not how I do it. That's not how you're to do it. Instead, he says, the greatest among you will be the least. The most important among you will be the ones who serve. Because the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. And so just as Davy led us, one of our deacons, as we stood around this table and reminded each other of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and and reminded each other of the body of Christ that is the church today, we recognize that this is not just a good thing. It's not just a a blessing to serve. Paul quoting Jesus saying, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's not the only reasons why we do this. We do this because it's commanded by God. God has actually commanded us to serve. The ones who are great are the ones who serve. In one instance in John 13, as he gave us that commandment, he did it in a way with words and in a way with action when he washed the disciples' feet in John 13. And then when he was through with that task, that servant task, that the lowest in the room typically would do. He looked at them and he looks at us and he tells us, You call me Lord and Master and you are exactly right because that's what I am. And now that I, your Lord and Master, have been willing to serve in this way, I want you to serve. Not me, he says. That's what I would expect him to say. I want you to serve one another in the same way. The ones who are great are the ones who serve. Secondly, today, the ones who love are the ones who serve. We will turn to a couple of passages in 1 John chapters 3 and 4, perhaps a little less familiar to us. 1 John chapter 3, these verses in verses 16 through 18. I find it interesting that John three sixteen is such an important and heartfelt, wonderful synopsis of the gospel. And in the same way, 1 John 3, verse 16 is as well. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Verse 18, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Just like Jesus washed their feet, he calls on us to be people of action, to be people who see a need and try to fill it. People who are willing to have an active love because biblical love is an active love. It's a love that does stuff to help. In the very next chapter in 1 John chapter 4, John the apostle whom Jesus loved speaks about love and what it means. And again, reminds us that it's not just some feeling. That's how the world views love. So that if you don't feel love, then you don't have to act with love. And that's far from the biblical view. The biblical view says you have love because God loved you and so you act that way. And in part of that passage in 1 John 4, reading verses 9 through 11, this is how God showed his love among us, 1 John 4, 9, he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Again, verse 11, just like he does in in John 13, that as he served us, we are to serve each other, not him. John does the same thing with love. In 1 John 4, 11, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Our love is a reflection of the love of God. It's not a reflection of how we feel. <laughs> it's a reflection of how God has treated us. How can we not treat others with love? When we, in such undeserving condition, have been loved so desperately by the creator of the universe, the ones who love are the ones who serve. Jesus tells that great story of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10 in response to that question that someone asks after hearing the greatest and the second greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God, and the second, to love your neighbor as yourself. And then someone says, well, who is my neighbor? Who do I have to love? And that's when Jesus tells that great story that illustrates what we've read already that doesn't answer his question at all other than to say, everyone. You are to love and serve everyone. And to help when you see a need and can help. Who did the loving thing? After telling the story, Jesus asked the question. And the answer is the one who showed mercy. The ones who love are the ones who serve, Paul says, some of the same things in Romans 13, reflecting also on that second great commandment of Jesus, to love your neighbor as yourself. The ones who are great are the ones who serve. The ones who love are the ones who serve. And finally today, the church is filled with ones who serve. This church is, and I praise God for you, What a great blessing it is to work with a church of servants, of people who help, of people who see needs and try to help, try to fill them. The church is filled with ones who serve. This church is filled with ones who serve. And we all must hear that call today as we see these wonderful families that have been called into servant leadership here in this church family. We are all called to serve. The passages that you see on your outline and on the screen are all passages that say much the same thing. The church is one body with many members, many different gifts, many different functions, and yet a great sense of love and unity with one another. One body, many members. 1 Corinthians 12 says, We act based on the gifts that we have. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, And in Romans chapter 12, and Peter says the same in 1 Peter 4, calling out different roles that people have. Nobody has all of them. Everyone doesn't have the same, but we all have a place. We all have a role, and the church is incomplete unless you do your part. The church cannot function as God has called the church body to function if there are parts of that body that are holding out and holding back. God calls us to be people who serve. The church is filled with ones who serve. Why? Because the community around us, the world around us, needs us to serve. They need our help, and they need it in all kinds of different various ways. And that's why the church is such a diverse group. That's why the church is filled with people who are so different we have different interests, different passions, different gifts, different roles, just as God intended scripture says. Do you want to know who are the ones that are great? They're the ones who serve. Do you want to know who it is in the church? The ones who love? It's the ones who serve. The church is filled with that kind of people, with ones who serve. I believe that if we want to be like Jesus, we will be ones who serve. If we wanna be like Jesus, this is how we'll live our lives, not for ourselves, not in a selfish way, not focused on what we want or our desires or our preferences, but focused on the needs and the preferences and the desires of others. And then acting in a way to answer that call, to fill that need, to offer that help, because that's how Jesus treated us. He saw us in need, just as the song that Davy quoted during our communion time says. He looked past our faults and saw our needs, and now we are called to do the exact same thing with each other, to look past the faults that Satan uses to try to divide us and to see the needs and to act in love and to try to help and to be a people who serve. I believe that if we want to be like Jesus, we will be ones who serve. We can help you do that today. Come as we stand and sing our song together.